Warning! The following podcast may contain language and subject matter not suitable for all ages or everyone. If you don't like what you're listening to, please press stop. In this episode of the Changwana Podcast... I'm trying to find a restaurant, and I'm in a foreign country, which and I don't speak the language. The shirt has various useful icons, and I could point to like a food icon. I think it's probably like a dinner plate or a fork or something. It's, it's great that you're, you're doing this because a lot of people come to Korea and they just drink. <laughs> you know, they just they come here and they work and they drink. For all our all the plays that we've done prior to this, we need to hold auditions and then we have three months of rehearsals. And really, they need to be very dedicated and they have to come to rehearsals generally every Saturday, every Sunday. And memorize the script. Sometimes weeknights and memorize the yeah. script. You're tuned in to the Changwaner, the social media podcast for Changwon City, South Korea, with your hosts, Scott and Dee. Welcome back to the Changwaner podcast. It's been a while since we did the show. I think it's been four or five months. And we're back, baby. We're back in it. We're back in the saddle again. Yeah, so once again, I'm Scott. I'm joined in this podcast with D. D. how's it going? I'm good, man. I'm good. Happy to be back. And we got a special guest on this episode. We have Cynthia Plugin. And what's bringing you by the Changwaner podcast? Greetings. <laughs> uh, I am here to talk about myself, I suppose, but also to discuss the show that I'm currently directing, Weguk in Wonderland. Here in Changwon. It's a play. And when is this play? The play is Saturday, June 11th at 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. So two shows, same show. Yeah. Just different times of the day. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, 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 let's dial it back here. The first day you came to Korea. When was the first time you came to Korea? <laughs> I first arrived here early July. I want to say it might have been July 1st or 2nd. Actually, so I've only been here about 11 months. What? I, yeah. Are you serious? I'm serious. I thought you'd been here so much longer than that. No. <laughs> Maybe it's just you've got that kind of personality. Makes people people think, wow, I've known her for a long time. Time is all in your brain. Yeah, right. <laughs> and where are you originally from? Like, I, was, was your hometown or country? I was, or? I was born in Riverside, California. And I lived and grew up in Southern California and moved around a bit, traveled here and there, and now I'm here in Korea. So this is the first place you've been outside of uh, the United States? or uh, No, it's not. Uh, my mother's from Mexico, so when I was younger, my whole life I traveled to Mexico a lot to visit family, spend a few summers there. Uh, I've lived all over Southern California. I lived in New Jersey for six months. Uh, traveled here and there in Europe. And then, uh, yeah, Korea is my first time in Asia. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. So, uh, so you're already, go ahead. Go ahead I was just going to say, what, what brought you to Korea? What made you decide to come over to <laughs> what South brings me Korea? Here? Yeah, why? Uh, well, the short answer is that I've. Money. <laughs> Yes and no. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to travel, actually. So I okay. So I took Japanese for four years in high school. I already spoke Spanish. Me too. Yeah. Konnichiwa. Uh, <laughs> I already spoke Spanish, and I decided French is too close to Spanish, and I don't care. I want to take Japanese. It's something different. And admittedly, of course, I was into anime and Japanese culture. So 
Might as well. So you came from South Korea. Uh, <laughs> I was getting there. I know. It's not so short of a short answer, is it? Uh, long story short, mm, ease of contract. Contracts in Korea pay for your flight. Also, uh, at the time of coming here, applying and coming here, I was in a relationship, and Japan does not offer couples contracts. Korea does. And not that I was opposed to Korea, had my sights on Japan, but then was opened to Korea and thought, mm, yeah, sure, let's go there. I lived in Japan a few different times, and I started working there mm -hmm. when I was more than broke. I was more than broke in the hole. And uh, the reason I came to Korea is because they gave you a free apartment, whereas yeah. Japan, you needed the key deposit money and everything yeah. like that, which well, I didn't have that. So, In terms of saving, in terms of especially your first time out teaching, Korea is a lot more accommodating. To me, the big selling point was the flight. The flight and the possibility of couples contracts or being able to get the same job or live in an apartment with the other person, mm. with your partner. Yeah. Yeah. So you said was. You're not in a relationship anymore? No. <laughs> There's not many people I know that come as a couple that leave as a couple. It's pretty rare that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know anybody. <laughs> But uh, South Korea is pretty close to J Japan, though. Like, you can pop over anytime you really want. I have. I you popped have? over in February, early February for the Lunar New Year. I was very happy. Where did you go? Fukuoka or? Tokyo. Tokyo? Yeah. Cool. Do you like it? Is that your first time? I love it. Yes, it was my first time. Yeah. I met some old friends from high school who were in my Japanese class with me, and I met a friend who I met uh, third degree connection. She she is from she lives in Japan, Japanese. Uh, she and I met, and it was really fun. Yeah. How's your Japanese these days? Okay. Rusty, but yeah. I got by, and you know people were so friendly, and you don't you can if, as long as you speak gestures, you're fine. But uh, it it was enough to get around. <laughs> Have you picked up any Korean at all? No, Chokum. 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 <laughs> it's it's pretty. I mean, it, the grammar structure is the same as Japanese. So. The grammar structure is the same. The pronunciation is so different for me. Uh, as a Spanish speaker, Japanese was easy in terms of the pure vowels. I was I took Spanish in university just for one class and I was really I I'm not to toot my own horn but I was really proficient in pronunciation because of from a Japanese yeah. coming from a Japanese learning background. Yeah. It's almost similar. Right. Korean the writing system is awesome. So quick to learn. I can read everything. Mm. Do I know what it means? No. No yeah, idea. Right. <laughs> Whereas in Japan, you, you would need to be able to read everything. You would need years and years and years and years of yeah, study, right? Exactly of kanji, of kanji. But uh, you know, like getting around Tokyo, especially the, the metropolitan city, like mm. so much was in hiragana, and even then, some things were in English. And even then, people in general were so nice and polite. I had no problem at all. Yeah. So, so how do you compare that to here? Uh, well, to be honest, I've traveled a bit, but uh, there's there's not a lot of English here. You know, but uh, if you're living in a country, I, I think it's necessary. You should learn. You should try to learn some of the language. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Y y y yeah. What's, what's the most word? Like, what <laughs> word do you use the most? <laughs> Korean word, like you said, chokum. Do you use that a lot? I use chokum a lot, and I use kenchana a lot. Kenchana. No problem. <laughs> yeah, kenchana. Kenchana. Yeah. Kenchana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's probably the one that I use the most. Yeah, kenchana and. Mm -mm -mm, 
<laughs> yeah, going back to your point where you said where you're living in the country, you should learn, right? Yeah, at least so, at least the basics, you know. So the first time I went to Paris, um, I heard horror stories about how rude the Parisians are uh-huh. and how terrible they are to tourists. Uh-huh. Um, but like like you said, like whenever I go anywhere, whenever I travel anywhere, I make sure I try to buy. It's easy with the with a smartphone these days or having a, a you know and something interactive like that. But I always we would buy a dictionary. Yeah. And when I would travel there, and when I went to Paris. Everyone was so nice because I was trying to yeah. speak the language. Yeah, it's all about the effort. Yeah. It has to be a two-way thing because if you just go and expect... To me, honestly, it's a very colonialist attitude to go somewhere and expect people to speak English because even if they can speak English, it, to me, it's very entitled. Like, uh, I was having a conversation with a Korean friend. Uh, she travels a lot. She's older, and she was saying, you know, in general, people... Other than I'm American, so people other than Americans, you go and you you try to learn the basic phrases of a la- of the language. You know, where is this? How much? You know, please this blah 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 or help me or whatever. Unfortunately, I find that a lot of uh, people from English speaking countries just assume, for whatever reason, that people everywhere need to speak English. Which, yes, they they might, they probably do, but it's it's good to show some effort, I think. Mm. You know, it's it's kind of, in my opinion, dickish to just show up and be like, why don't you speak English? It's like, well, this isn't, you know, learn the language, dude. Yeah. Or at least the phrases. Uh, and, and with technology these days, too, it's it's a little bit easier to study. Yeah, but yeah. there's also, too, there's, there's, there's a, a, a certain point where technology takes over and we start to dumb ourselves down a bit. I saw something the other day where... You can wear it's. It's like the movie. Did you see the movie um, Snowpiercer? Yeah. With, with Chris Evans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have that machine where you, you put it around your neck, and yeah. I can speak English, and yeah. you can hear me. And there's and something like that now. There's something like that yeah. now. It's in and your ear. It's an earpiece. It's an earpiece, and, yeah. and it's only good for four languages right now, I believe. Right. But they're making other ones. Yeah. I don't. I think that's a cool idea, but I prefer to. Yeah. You know, learn the language more. Well, it definitely depends on the to- context, you know. Say yeah. you're going on a business trip or you don't have time. It's yeah. a short commitment, whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, if you yeah, like that, if you're going someplace where it's real, real fast trip, yeah, I think that would be good to have. But if you're living somewhere for at least a year, it's. I think it's a minimum, a minimal respectful thing to to try to communicate some basic phrases and and you know have that foundation. Mm. Plus, with you know, smartphones and Google translation yeah. now, it makes things pretty easy. I mean, mm. you can take you, pictures of things and yeah, have it translate the picture. Did you see this guy's shirt he had? <laughs> the new shirt? Yeah. This traveling shirt? There's like 40 different pictures, pictures on it. You can point to you the can picture. Just point to wherever you, you want to uh, convey. Yeah. And it, it's pretty much you can have a conversation with just having the shirt. It's a good uh, idea. No, I don't think I've seen that one, but. It's, it's a good dumb. idea. Hey, Scott, <laughs> can we pull it up now that we have a computer? Yeah. Yeah? But, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. Don't think I've seen that. What do you mean by picture? Like, sign it's, language? It's different or? icons. No, so, for example, say I'm trying to find a restaurant, and I'm in a foreign country, which and I don't speak the language. Mm-hmm. The shirt has various useful icons, and I could point to like a food icon. I think it's probably like a dinner plate or a fork or something. You point to that and then you point to this other thing. So it's a schematic of the most useful types of phrases in icons. 
So people are more used to icons now than anything else. To me, it's like, it, it's very, I'm very excited by it, but I'm also reminded of Idiocracy, that film with, uh, by, what's his name from King of the Hill? Oh. You know, where they, like the fast food restaurant employees, instead of mm-hmm. pressing the, the buttons, they're pressing the pictures of things. Okay, so it looks like we got a bicycle, sunny, rainy, music. I can't tell what that one is. Motorbike, stars, moon, clouds, love, dinner plates, peace, beer. This looks like a knockoff. I don't know if this Waves. is the real one. I don't know either. There's a girl's one here, and there's a guy's one. The girl's one is different than the guy's one. No, it's this, it's the same design, no, just it, a different fit. It's no look here. Oh, maybe the icons are in a different spot, but look here. You got what? mountains there, and you got like a cell phone there. Hmm. I don't trust this website. Uh, well, they've all got the same. I think it's a different. They've got the same icons, but they're all just in different places. That would be weird. Why would they do that differently for a man and a woman? I think this website is a blog that links to the source that's not actually advertising um, from the source. Maybe. It's a great idea. I mean, it's a really great idea. <laughs> I guess. I'm not sure. I don't know if I could communicate with somebody wearing that. Um, I'm very reliant on gestures myself. As a theater person, especially, gestures are just so much faster. And depending on the culture, some things may not go as well. But in general, people understand gestures and your expression. Okay, so I guess this shirt's called Icon Speak. Uh, That's kind of a, a, a nifty name for a shirt like that. Icon Speak. I can speak. Icon Speak. Icon Speak. I can. Yeah, and you right? can too. I can speak. I can speak. I can speak. I can speak. I don't know. I'd rather just pull out my smartphone. And <laughs> it looks like accommodation music. What's this one? I can't. I can't. What is that one? It's water. Oh, drinking water? Well, water. Oh, like water, water. Okay. What else is. What's that one? Is that a coffee mug? A uh, cafe. Peace. V- volleyball? Yeah. Is that volleyball? Let's play sports and make peace and uh-huh. have a ca- coffee at the cafe. Yeah. No, it's a cool idea. Whoever came up with it, like that, I'm sure he's a millionaire already. Yeah. I'm still waiting for my million dollar idea. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, I like I like I'd this guy. I'd rather use a notepad and <laughs> draw something. Pictionary. Hmm. Play Pictionary. <laughs> right. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about convenience versus uh, com- convenience and laziness versus effort and will. I guess. So what are you going to do? Are you going to wear that shirt every day you're traveling? <laughs> no, I'm going to buy three of them. So yeah, I can wear one and then wash like, the old you'll one. Still, you'll still look like a dirtbag. <laughs> Somebody sees you wearing the same shirt even though it's different. I'll, may, I'll wear them. I'll get in different colors so people know it's not the same shirt. Yeah. Obviously, there's a sky blue there. I'm sure there's a pink one for you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's a good idea. I like it. I mean... I guess you can figure out what people are trying to say anyway. But. Well, I like this too, Scott. I like being able to pull up what we're... We wanted to do this at BK, uh-huh. but we didn't have Wi-Fi uh, connection. Uh-huh. And, you know, it was hard. And, you know, there's a lot of things we want to talk about. There's a lot of videos out there that are going viral right now these days. You know? Yeah. Speaking of which, did you guys see the Chewbacca one? Uh, yeah. You know, I couldn't watch the whole thing. 
to be honest, I was pretty bored with it. Like I, I understand why I pissed my pants watching that. (laughs) I understand why it went viral, but I didn't have the patience for it. I just felt like, okay, let's get to the point. And I, I'm one of those people that will fast forward. And if it's not engaging to me immediately, Oh my gosh! what's more entertaining to me is the meme. I forget who illustrated it, but the meme with uh, Chewbacca crying and like a, a holograph picture of Han Solo and the caption is like, well, at least someone finds this funny or something. Oh, yeah. Or okay. someone's having a good time. We're talking about the same video one, the one, the ladies yeah. in the car. Yeah. And then Did she you talk- see this video? I feel like she talks for like 10 minutes about how, oh, like, I can't. To me, this was the subtext. I can't enjoy myself, but now I can because I have this Chewbacca mask and I don't care what anybody thinks. But it took her so long to get to that point that I was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It had like 140 million views in two uh, days. I don't know. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's pretty. And then she had J.J. Abrams stop by her house. What? And, and then they brought over um, uh, yeah. uh, just the, the, the whole group of people from, because she bought it from Kohl's. Uh-huh. So a whole group of people came over from Kohl's, gave her thousands of dollars of gift what? certificates and toys for the kids. Because and, of how much profit they're making from the sales of well, that Yeah, mask. she said she was buying it from Kohl's, so yeah. that was a huge plug for them, right? right yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. I liked it because it, it just shows that a girl or yeah. anybody's passion... Right. Yeah. At the moment, she was a jovial woman. Yeah, she was just really happy to have this and it, yeah. the small things in life and everything. Yeah, like totally. that. I, re- I, re- I like that. I, I did, I, and I laughed. My, my, I did laugh pretty hard to watching it. Yeah. Well, stuff like that is going to get more and more all the time. Like crazy views, you know, like millions and millions of views in a couple of days. Yeah. Right. Sounds nuts, but there's going to be a day it'll be like a billion in a day, right? So especially when like more people get connected in India or in China and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. you know how the, China is, is so restrictive about what you can and can't watch. There's no Facebook in China, right? Mm. No, yeah. uh, yet. Well, I don't know if it, they tried. I know YouTube has had. Well, you can access any problems here and there within the country. But yeah, well, you can access. YouTube actually said that they made it. Oh, was it? YouTube, I think, no, for Korea. It was Korea where YouTube said that they're not going to do anything from Korea. Because you have to, whenever you go to some of these videos, you have to put in your identification number. And which YouTube was against that, doing that. They thought the internet should be anonymous. So they were against doing that. So I think they rejected of, of being in it in Korean. Hmm. Possibly, I have no idea. Hmm. Well, China, you know, I'm not there, so I have some friends that live in China. They got to, you know, of course, they got to use a VPN for any, anything that they do there. Mm. It was like that for a few things here t- until recently. Even Netflix, right? Mm, yeah. My first 14 years here. Netflix, mm. Spotify. To, Spotify still you can't do here. No? I don't yeah. know what Spotify is. What is that? Music, streaming music. Oh, yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to take another quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to... Get into some stuff with Cynthia, possibly about her acting and how she got into it and all that kind of stuff. Into theater. Into theater. Into the theater. Into the theater. I got a lot of good, I got a lot of questions I've already got in my head that I want to ask the next segment. Okay. Bang! It's your local events list for Changwon City. Get your ass out the chair and we'll see you there. All right, so over at Next Bar, they have 
Game of Thrones on, I believe, Monday nights now, season six. I'm not sure what episode they're on. Probably four or five. They're they're updated. They they go with whatever. If it's played that that Sunday, they they play it on the okay. Monday. So it's probably episode six or episode five. I'm uh, I don't know. I don't watch Game of Thrones. I fucking can't stand that show. But. If you do like Game of Thrones, go and check it out at Nick's Bar. So that's that Nick's Bar. They also, last few days of their pizza of the month, which I believe is a meatball pizza, looked really good. Actually, I haven't tried it, but I'm going to get one before the next month's pizza. And what's going on at IP, anything? IP, they got a new uh, bartender there, works there. Her name's Michelle. She, her English name is Michelle. She's really nice. Um, just go have a chat with her. She's really cool. She works on the weekends. Cool. Brian's have Taco Tuesdays, as always, on a Tuesday. And Fridays, they got their burger special, so you can grab a burger any Friday. It's 4001 off the regular price. And uh, going back to IPs, uh, they are changing over the menu, so they're going to start offering South African borovos, which is South African sausage, which is a delicacy here in Korea. Also, they're going to change over and, and, and offer meat pies, which is going to be very popular, I, I imagine. Meat pies, eh? Yeah, yeah. South African-style meat pies. And biscotchis, they're always open late, so if you're out at the bar and the bar is closing, just head over to biscotchis. Everybody's usually there to the sun comes up. And I think, Scott, it might be worth mentioning what's going on in Changwon. We haven't had anything here talking about... We haven't had a podcast since we started the market. No, we haven't. We, 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 we should just talk about the market for a minute here. Okay. All right. So we've got a market. We do a, a global cultural market. So we have vendors come from mostly Changwon, but also other parts of Korea, and they share their products here. And the market is for charity, so we sell raffle tickets and uh, we take uh, donations and things like that. For the Bitnori Orphanage and also the Animal Shelter in Masan. We've done one in Changwon as well, is that right? So uh, every month we do this market. So we've done it now three months in a row. We're going to have one more month before the end of, before summer, because summer is just too hot and everybody's really busy. So if you're listening to this, come on out on June 18th from 2 to 6 p.m. from next at Next Bar or O'Brien's. We do two bars in, in the venue. Yeah, and they've been really fun so far. It's a nice day, nice atmosphere. Mm, we had a really great uh, food, mostly food vendors last time. So we had people selling organic honey from their own bee farm. We had uh, chili. Uh, lasagnas and pasta we've had sausages we had uh lots of good lots of good stuff um but they're really good time and just come on out and share your your support for changwon and come buy a t-shirt there's some great t-shirts being sold now that's developed by uh, a local changwonian a changwoner so uh come on out and buy a t-shirt yeah and this coming week there's no specific events coming up but it's always things to do in Changwon, so check it out, and let's get back to the podcast. Scott and D with what's going on in Changwon, the Changwoner podcast. All right, we're back, and we're joined with Cynthia Plugin. So, Cynthia. Howdy. So, you're in the theater. I am in the theater. <laughs> you're in the theater. Yeah. 
not literally right now, but... My mind is always in the theater. <laughs> so what got you into wanting to be in the theater? Mm, well, uh, when I was very young, I was involved with dance groups and singing, a lot of choir and stuff like that. My father uh, has played the piano since he was very young and continued to into his adult life. So I was just always around music and things like that. So I began community college as I actually began as a Japanese major, then switched to music and was studying music theory to be a choir conductor. And as a vocalist, I was told to take acting class to, classes and to act in place. And I was really stubborn about this, but finally did. And then I fell in love with musicals and thought, okay, I'll do musicals. I love musicals. And then I got into plays and I was like, okay, well now I only do plays. Like no more musicals. I love plays <laughs> acting. And then from acting, I actually I transferred to four year university, finally, uh, U university of California, Irvine, UCI, uh, and got into sound design for okay. theater. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm directing <laughs> Weiguk in Wonderland, the original comedy here in Changwon, Saturday, June 11th at 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. Yes. <laughs> so we'll get into that a little bit more when Sunil joins us uh, in the next bit. Oh, yeah. But uh, <clears throat> you went to uh, you went to acting school and in acting school, mm -hmm. what, what, I mean, what, tell us, tell us the process. What, what, what would a typical day be? Is it all on stage? Is it, is mm -hmm. it in the classroom? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what, what's, what, what, what are you doing here? Well, every program is different and they might have their specializations, but, uh, so I was a drama major. I got my BA, my bachelor's degree, the four year degree in drama. Uh, so all drama students are actually required to take basic acting, uh, drama theory, you know, literature and things like that. Not everyone is focused in acting. So myself, for example, I got very much into sound design and the, the production world of theater. Um, there were a lot of acting opportunities at my school as well as opportunities to produce your own work, which I did do with friends and colleagues. Um, so a typical day for me was, I mean, there wasn't really a typical day, but it could have been anything. Uh, from sitting in a lecture hall, learning about drama theory and things like Nietzsche and how that relates to Shakespeare, or how Shakespeare relates to World War II and how different playwrights or movements of a certain time, you know, related to history and humanity, etc. Lecture hall, going <coughs> to a studio classroom where we're doing yoga and like, you know, or being a clown or doing mask work and all kinds of things. So it was a really varied, fun kind of day. <laughs> so sound sound work. So I'm thinking, can you, with what you learn in your degree, can you go on to, let's say, a, a Hollywood set and work in some of the sound that they did there, that they do there? Uh, yes and no. There are different worlds. Uh, there's certainly crossover in skill set and knowledge. I mean, sound is sound, but in terms of a production and the politics and the way that work is delegated, it is very different. Um, I haven't done a lot of film sound, but, uh, for example, I could have been a boom mic operator or, you know, the sound supervisor. There are a lot of different roles, whereas in the theater, generally, if you're lucky, you have a sound designer who's concerned with the story and the content of the play and, uh, 
perhaps music. You might have a sound designer and a composer, or a sound designer also composing, uh, and worried about the sound effects, and a sound engineer who programs everything and takes care of all the technical side. Uh, in at university and now, and in productions I've worked on in the past after university, uh, you often do both the design and the engineering. Uh, so to answer your question, yes and no. <laughs> so now <clears throat> think of a movie like say Avatar. Uh-huh. Uh, Avatar the Last Airbender or Avatar that the terrible <laughs> The James Cameron Avatar. <laughs> oh I see, yeah. Uh, the, <clears throat> are a lot of the sounds that might go into the summoning of this production are a lot of them more organic or are they more produced on into a like a computer? They're made on a computer. Um uh, it's hard to say. I mean Dialogue is probably the most organic thing, right? Because they're recording on set. But even that, like a lot of it might be put in post-production, ADR. Again, this is not really my world, but I've, I've learned a little bit of it. Um, so much is done in post-production. And the thing about sound, it's so subtle and so subliminal. It's, you know, unlike a visual element, people, it's a harder thing to notice because we're so used to it. We psychologically link it to the visual or to the story it's a little bit harder to pick out or remember elements of it when it's so integral to the shot or to the story. It's just, it's just part, it's just part of it, you know? Mm. Yeah. So it's like working, watching some documentaries and, and doing the work that I did in Spain with film, you know, some of these sounds that you're saying that we might take for granted yeah. because you said they're subliminal. Yeah. Um, well, not, for- not, not even just the subliminal stuff, but practically speaking, like so much is done post-production in terms of Foley, in terms of everything. Cause if you recorded the actual ambience of whatever it is that's going on, especially like in a city or in the street, it's done. Everyone's redoing it in the studio so that it sounds clean. But anyway, yes, go ahead. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was going to say like the a sound that, that we might think that could be a car crash. Yeah. Could be a couple of guys rubbing spoons together in the, in, in the back set, right? Yeah. In the sound station. Yeah. That's what it could be. You know, yeah. it sound whatever. They might take something like that that sounds the, sim, the same yeah. and then recreate it with something that we wouldn't even think that they could do that with. Yeah. Especially now, like, uh, there are a lot of tre- trends, especially in trailers, like uh, musically or sound effects wise. So an easy one for people to notice is the Inception trend yeah, of using the bwam musical like Hans Zimmer bwam and with some recent sci-fi movies the trailer trend is to have this sort of frequency sweep like <laughs> it's hard to recreate vocally but like the you know like a like everything's silent and then it's like something is oscillating quietly like it could be a spaceship part floating mm-hmm. on a space or just like a dramatic pulling out the air from the room kind of thing. And yeah, there's so many layers to sound that are hard to analyze for an average audience member because it's just so like, there are some things we literally can't hear, but we can feel feel in our bodies that sound designers and these artists put in uh, that are frequencies that are inaudible, but we still experience them as a human being. Hmm. So now you're directing this wicked wonderland. Yeah. How you find directing? <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. Um, so here in Korea, I actually directed uh, more of like a performance art piece. Uh, so, okay. So I got here in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found Sunil, my friend who will pop by soon. Uh, 
and acted in the play Maggie's Getting Married, a Canadian comedy. Uh, and in March 2nd? March, I forget the date. Anyway, as a woman living in Korea, I, living outside of my own Western culture, I was noticing, uh, advertising and the way things that were, were marketed towards women a lot, a lot more than I might back home. I did back home, but being removed from the context of your own culture, it, you can pick it apart a bit more. Anyway, I did a, I directed a performance piece regarding the portrayal of feminine in media. Uh, that was called Refraction, and we fundraised for the local feminist group, Kyungnam Women's Association United. Mm-hmm. Um, and despite that project and this project being a big undertaking, I actually feel uh, quite comfortable directing in terms of like the, <laughs> the concept and where it's going artistically in terms of organization and how to communicate things. That's, you know, a constant lesson. But, um, as far as vision goes, I, I feel quite comfortable in, in portraying my ideas and, and how to get people to collaborate and we can, you know, create this image together. Yeah. create this idea together. Well, it's, it's great that you're you're doing this because a lot of people come to Korea and they just drink. <laughs> you know, it's just, they come here and they work and they drink. You know, yeah. they have another, uh, nothing else, no other passion, no other, no other thing that they fill their time with. They, uh-huh. they go to the work and they, they go to the bar and then they go to Home Plus and they come home and sleep. That's pretty much <laughs> their life. Yeah. So I was going to ask, were you surprised that you found the theater no in Korea, or? i wasn't surprised no i would have been surprised to not find it so before you came here yeah you weren't like i'm gonna go teach for a year and theater will be out of my life for a whole year oh no it was definitely gonna be a part of my life whether yeah. i i found other people or i just did it by Cre- myself create, create it yourself yeah because yeah, uh well i think it was september august or september I went as a clown to Changwon University. They had some big club event, and I just decided I'm going to go as a clown and just experience what it's like to clown in front of Koreans, students. And it was really fun. So long story short, yeah, I, I have self-produced and produced for work with friends, and it was going to happen regardless. <laughs> Were you a clown last year for for Halloween as well? Uh I may have been at some point on Halloween proper. I was a sloth. No, you were you you were a clown somewhere. You were a clown. Were you a clown at BKs? You came in dressed as a clown. I remember you. I was working behind the bar, and you came in dressed as a clown. <laughs> Maybe and it was probably that time that you went to the Changwon University. Po- oh, possibly. Yeah, I don't really remember to be honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, occasionally it's fun to just like dress up, or I feel like doing face make makeup today or face paint today. So let's just go out and. Disrupt people's day. <laughs> Disrupt people's normality. Mm. <laughs> and we need more people like you. <laughs> well, I don't Especially know. in Korea. <laughs> yeah. You know, more and more foreigners that are here, the more and more people get involved. Mm. Well, it's so... It'll get. Yeah. And also, too, I mean, just being able to... I didn't even realize that this, that you guys were doing this. Mm. You know, this this just brought it to my attention when I heard you were going to come on the podcast. Mm. So I've heard of you know the vagina monologues coming through here, mm-hmm. and I've heard of people talking about acting here, rehearsals yeah. and stuff, but yeah. I didn't really put two and two together. 
even back home in the states, uh, not a lot of companies that we know of do devise theater. Devise theater being you create it as a group together, not starting with a script. Devise theater, or like I consider this to be real community theater because it's it it really is to <laughs> to use a cliche. It is made by the community for the community. You know, like we're using real people's stories and to entertain and reflect with the other real people here, you know, here and now. Well, and everybody's got a story, right? Yes. And I think your, your play is about a whole, tell us, just lead us into what your, what your play is about. Sure. So honestly, it began with the pun. Well, okay. It began with my own personal experiences and just collecting conversations and reflecting with people, you know, like you do both foreigners and Koreans about cultural differences or man, this is funny or this is frustrating. Why? Like, and we always want to talk about this. And I thought, why don't we talk about this through a play, through a comedy? So it's really like putting, staging the conversation. Um, Weiguk in Wonderland, as, as we know, Weigukin is the Korean word for foreigner or foreign person. Weigukin. So it is both a wonderland of foreigners and for foreigners, uh, yeah. right? Of, of, and for foreigners, mm. and, you know, Koreans seeing, possibly seeing this many foreigners in one place for the first time, and, uh, a Weiguk, a foreigner person preposition in a wonderland of this new country, new culture, whatever. The wonderland experience of culture shock. I think I lost that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, well, you've been here like 15 years. Yeah. You could almost have grandchildren by now. You're jaded. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something in that too, you know, like... Uh, I get that feeling when I go home now. I, do, I get reverse culture shock all the time when I go back home. Mm. Uh, I'm, you might as well. I, yeah. mean, I don't know if you've been back home the time you've been here. Not yet, no. No, I, I, it was three years since I've been home, and I went home last year Yeah, for the first time in three years, and I was just, I was sitting in the airport yeah. going, God damn, there's so many white people around here. <laughs> I was seriously. Uh, <laughs> I went to school in Orange County, so I felt like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, so that's on June 11th, Saturday. Yes, yes. You know you're directing. I'm directing. Yeah, and uh, I am not acting. No. no, I'm directing and I'm doing the sound design. Um, I sh- I forgot to mention this is also a fundraiser for the Multicultural Families Support Center, which is really great. They host a lot of really cool classes for foreigners and for Koreans in Nanta in uh, various art forms from different cultures. It's a really nice place. Yeah, cool. and they help they help out uh, for foreigners immigrants and and foreign and uh, multicultural families sir actually is this through the the multicultural center that's in paliando uh yes they are a sponsor they are a a, a producer in a way and, and we are they are the beneficiary uh it is being produced by changwon community theater and tickets were how much Ten thousand one each 10, and five thousand one for students with a current id and you can pick those up at O'Brien's, O'Brien's or via our Facebook page, event page, Changwon Community Theater event page, Wagu in Wonderland. So last time you guys had a show, did you guys? I mean, how many well, how many seats can fit mm. in this? In this venue, we have two hundred seats, two performances, so it's four hundred seats total. I believe we've sold almost half. So that's great. Get your tickets now. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's it is really great. June eleventh at eight p.m. 
3 p.m. and 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Yeah. I think I would like to see this. <laughs> you should. Yeah. I'm here. I'm pressuring you. It's okay. <laughs> if you don't, it's actually you asked me. Guilt. You know what? I, I, I don't know. You asked me before if I do the sound, the little sound in the beginning. I would hate to hear my voice when I'm sitting there in the theater. Just shut your ears. <laughs> <laughs> shut your ears. Shut, shut your ears. Your ears. <laughs> shut your ears. You gotta deal with it. It's okay. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna take another break, and when we come back, a friend of Cynthia's is gonna be stopping by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're gonna talk a little more about Wayguka Wonderland and some other stuff with theaters. Yes. So we'll be right back after this. The Changwaner. The blah, blah, blah in Changwon City. All right, so the Changwaner podcast is we're now located on the second floor of O'Brien's building. Ooh, ooh, we got a home base. In the CK, which stands for the Chef's Kitchen in Changwon. No more moving around. Nope, so we got our own little studio here. And the chef's kitchen, what's the chef's kitchen all about? Uh, well, it's a place where people that want to start a business in Changwon could come as far as a restaurant. They want to come and they can practice what they're going to cook, uh, set up their own menu items and things like that. They've got multicultural cooking. So chefs and cooks from different cultures cooking exclusive meals. So uh, it's pretty big. I mean, you can have 30 to 40 people here. Um, you can promote with the social network services that are available. Uh, you got cooking classes. You've yeah, got cooking classes. rent the place. You can rent it out you, for private parties and stuff. You can buy the spices and the and the, and the wholesale food items through through this uh, the, through this place. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And some kind of snack corner, maybe. Yeah, salad, sandwich, and soups, breads, hams, cheese, whatever, veggies. So it's still under construction, too, of course, but... Uh, Not our podcast the, room, though. A little bit. Well, kind of. Though. I mean, we got to get the table painted, but... I don't know, Scott. I would go with the, I would go with the blue tabletop and uh, yellow... Blue bottom. Yeah. Why yeah, not? We'll see. Those are Michigan colors. So anyway, so yeah, we're located in the chef's kitchen. You can check them out on Facebook. We'll have their link in the uh, podcast notes here. Chef's Kitchen, the CK in Changwon. Scott and D with what's going on in Changwon. The Changwoner Podcast. All right, we're back, and we have a friend of Cynthia's that has just stopped by for this part of the show. Cynthia, who's your friend? Oh, this is my friend Sunil. Hi, Sunil. Hi, Cynthia. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hello. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Not bad. So, Sunil, uh, let, first, before we get into some other stuff, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, okay. So, I'm from, uh, I was originally born in Mumbai, India, uh, but we moved to Montreal, Canada when I was a little boy. So, I grew up in Montreal, Canada, and uh, came to Korea eight years ago. So, eight years you've been doing the Hagwon thing, public school? Uh, public school for five years, and now I'm at the a university in Masan. Okay. All right. You know, you know, uh, oh, 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 you know, what's his name? Who? I forgot his <laughs> name. University in Moscow? Yeah, yeah Kyungnam Dehakyo, Kyungnam yeah. University. That's probably, uh, I forgot his name too. <laughs> I forgot his name too. <laughs> I know his nickname. It's, yeah, what's his nickname? Oh, what's his nickname? I, I want to say Duffy, but I'm thinking of, it sounds like that. <laughs> 
Bush, anyway, Bushy, Bushy, Bushy. Oh, Bushy, of course. Yeah, yeah. of course I know him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's been teaching there a long time. Yes, yeah. you're right. He's a riot. Yeah. So now, you, do you live in Masan? Yes. You live in Masan. Okay. And you just, you're coming to Changwon tonight for just to, to visit with Cynthia? No, we actually are in the midst of rehearsals for our latest production. Oh, so what's this about? What kind of production are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this production, of course, is Weiguk in Wonderland. Um, this is our sixth show at Changwon Community Theater. Sounds interesting. Will there be a rabbit hole as well? <laughs> <laughs> of sorts. Yeah. Of sorts. Of sorts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where, 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 is this, uh, where, where do you guys do your plays? Okay, so um, when we first started Shangwan Community Theater in 2012, we did our plays at the um, Shangwan Sports Stadium. Um, there's a little, beautiful little theater there, and we did three shows there. And then we did our last production at the Shangwan University. And that's how I actually met Cynthia at our last, during our last production. What, uh, was, what was the last production you guys did? Okay, so it's a comedy called Maggie's Getting Married. And uh, we held auditions, and Cynthia showed up. And uh, actually, she wanted to do the sound design, but um, we liked her so much as Maggie that uh, I forced her to do Maggie's Getting Married with the hopeful, um, you know... Uh, the, the deal was... Yeah, with I, the deal. <laughs> I will act, and then maybe later I can do design or direction. Right, yeah. yes. And so that's exactly what came true. So what's, uh, what's this next play going to be about? Yeah, so Waikook in Wonderland. It's all about uh, culture shock and the foreigner experience slash Korean foreigner experience in Korea. Okay. Yeah, it's really fun because, um, you know, uh, as a theater group, we've been wanting to do a show like this for a long time, talk about our common experiences in Korea, but we've always chosen to do uh, comedies and uh, farces instead, like uh, storyline shows. We were just waiting for Cynthia to come along to to be brave enough to handle a cast of 20 and maybe, you know, 30 scenes uh, kind of thing. Um, it's like a Saturday Night Live sketch comedy show. Yeah. And so we needed a brave director to want to handle all that. I, I refused. <laughs> so are you acting in the next one? Then? Yeah, actually. So, yeah, um, I directed the first four shows, but this time I'm acting in it. And, uh, and so, producing. And producing. Yes. yes. So uh, as a producer, then, where do, you, where do you find the funds to do all this stuff? Is it through ticket sales or... Yeah, we've really been lucky because we try to keep our costs down and uh, we have paid for all of our shows, their rights and royalties, uh, theater rental, uh, scripts or anything we needed through ticket sales. So we've always been able to pay for our shows through ticket sales. Um, And what's great about this latest production is Shangwan University through a um, multicultural family center association has agreed to, I mean, they found the theater for us and we're not, and it's... uh, free of charge, so we're able to do this as a really big fundraiser for the Gyeongnam Multicultural Family Support Center. Mm. And as a sketch show, we're avoiding rights and royalties, this being a devised piece that everyone's chipping in, and we're really creating it ourselves from scratch. Mm-hmm. So who is the writer of this one? There is no one writer. <laughs> who, who were, I mean, for every play, there's there's more than one writer, or just for this one? Uh, well, so... Traditional play normally starts with a script, right? Or at least in a production, you start with a script. Everyone has a script. We know that what 
cast we need, what set and props we need, etc. This was literally an idea from conversations, which we'll get into more late, more into <laughs> later. Uh, it was an idea, and then we slowly gathered more and more people who were willing and uh, asked them what they think. It started with conversations and through the rehearsal process. Uh, we put this together from our own experiences and observations. Yeah, we've asked everyone who's uh, working with us to contribute any ideas they have based on their experiences or things they think are funny or things they've seen or happened to their friends. So and there should be a little bit of everyone in the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So we'll probably be able to pick out, oh, this scene is by this person, and I, could, I know that story. Yeah, I mean, generally, it's convenient uh, for the most part when someone is acting a character, the initial idea or most of the perspective comes from themselves and as they play this character. And there's a variation. There's a lot of variation in how much of someone, you know, they're playing themselves. And then maybe more of an alter ego or this happened to my friend or I heard about this. So uh, some of it can be very personal and some of it is a bit more uh, topical, I guess. Mm, yeah, it's kind of interesting because it's not like each char- actor is playing themselves, but they're playing um, a little. I mean, some of them their selves are in each scene or each character they play. Yeah. So, not to sound ignorant, but you guys are doing a whole makeup and costumes and everything as well. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so, it's more of a sketch comedy show. Uh, think of like an improv show where. Yes, it is a full production, but we're not trying for a traditional theater like, oh, this is not a, we're not, not trying to re- realistically create a scene. It's more of an implied location, implied circumstance, and it's more about the people and, you know, the situational comedy and seeing how the people are handling the awkwardness of given situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really about our, um, our experiences in Korea, the things that we find funny or different and things that surprised us or frustrated us, yeah. but through comedy, you know? And likewise, uh, we have a lot of Koreans involved in well uh, as well, thankfully, and they, you know, have a lot of perspective too in learning English or what's it, what kinds of situations have you had with foreigners, etc. Um, so we do sort of have costumes, you know, we're on a stage, there are lights, but it's very fast-paced with a lot of short scenes, and it's it's uh, more of a, a quick comedy. So, how many people are involved again? At the roughly? moment, at the moment, we have a cast of roughly twenty, which that may wow. grow slightly in the next week. <laughs> and uh, Sunil and Cecile Huang are both producers, and they're both acting in the show as well. And we have a couple of people who uh, Avi is our stage manager, Danny is helping backstage, Danny Allen. Uh, and a few volunteers added to that in the coming weeks. So what is the average sketch run in terms of minutes? Like if you have 20 people. Yeah. The average, well, every sketch does not involve the entire cast. There are some that involve the entire cast. Uh, the average sketch runs from one minute to three minutes max, three to four minutes. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of, that's a real fast, that's a real go. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And how many sketches was it? Roughly, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a few, but I mean, not. I mean, it's a, it's like a hundred minute show or something, and then we're gonna have an intermission. So yeah, it's gonna our, be under. It's gonna be about roughly two hours. Yeah, our last estimation was a hundred and ten minutes, yeah. which I was going for ninety, <laughs> and uh, it just kept growing and growing as we added people. So, 
Yeah. It's, it's good that people want to be involved, though. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The more, yeah. The more you get. Yeah, another reason why this show is so much fun is because for all our all the plays that we've done prior to this, we need to hold auditions, and then we have three months of rehearsals. And really, they need to be very dedicated, and they have to come to rehearsals generally every Saturday, every Sunday, and sometimes, sometimes weeknights, and memorize a yeah. script. So really, what's fun about this show is that we're using people who can never do that because they have families, they have other responsibilities, they just don't have time. Or they're scared away of uh, the prospect of, like, oh, I have to act in a play, I have to be a character, uh, right. I can't do that. Yeah, or they have too many lines as yeah. well. Or, or it's a lot of stress. Yeah, so we're seeing people involved in this show. People will be seeing people on stage that would never do a traditional play. So that's what makes it really fun. And some s- of them are hilarious. <laughs> I would say at least 70% of the cast were people that sometimes I literally dragged into acting. Like, <laughs> especially the Koreans. <laughs> it's so sweet and I feel so bad, but not really. <laughs> uh, they would, yeah, I'll come help. I'll translate. Or, oh, yeah, I'll come help. I'll contribute to the conversation. And at some point, I put my hands on their shoulders and go, okay, so you're going to act. Is that okay? And they're like, mm. but as uh, even the people who were so shy, I, f- I found that even on their own, sometimes they would be up and playing games with us or doing some, you know, scenarios. And people really <laughs> came out of their could shells. Be, could be different when they're in front of a group, like a crowd of people, though. <laughs> Yes. The, to, like, <laughs> there's a difference between doing rehearsals and op- sure. opening night. <laughs> you know, but you'd be surprised. Uh, I believe, you know, especially as a director, everyone has the capacity to do it once they find that spark. Because you do get an adrenaline. And uh, my big selling point for don't worry, you can do it. You can act on stage. Don't think of it as acting. You're just, it's like teaching. A lot of them are teachers, right? We're all teach. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are teachers. Um, my big selling point is that. When you're on stage, there are lights on you and the audience is dark. So you can't even really see the audience. Just think of it as a class. But you're playing, you know, a scenario almost as a lesson. That just may be a little bit more fun. <laughs> yeah. There's a really adorable Korean that we're, that we, we got under such circumstances who were just coming to help out. And, um, she was and my she, tutor. She oh, was really? my tutor and okay. I asked her to be. <laughs> okay. And she really does. She really didn't want to do anything on stage. She doesn't want to say any lines. Finally, when Cynthia convinced her, she said, okay, only cameo, cameo. Yeah. Cameo and performance. So her nickname became cameo. Cameo, cameo and ev- star. Ever since that first day, we got her in one scene, then we got her in another scene, yeah. then we got her in another scene. And she keeps saying, but I'm cameo. I'm cameo. Oh, she and we're loves saying, it. yeah, you, this is a very short cameo performance. But now she's in like six scenes or something. Yeah. <laughs> She's great. She loves it. She knows how to work work the fun. Yeah. So is there already a, uh, I know you have your, your, your sights on this one, all, but for the moment, but is there a plan in the future to do more of these? Well, sure. I mean, what's really amazing is that um, I, ha- I did a lot of plays in Canada. And then when I came to Korea, I thought I was just coming to teach and I didn't necessarily think I was going to do any shows. But then I realized that really there was no traditional storyline plays being done here. There was just like uh, the vagina monologues was done as a fundraiser once a year. And uh, they don't do that anymore. But so I kind of like it was kind of interesting when I talked to Cecile and another person that I had to help out at the very beginning, Nadia, who now moved to Busan. We talked about um, doing a theater group. 
and doing these story comedies, right? Doing these and seeing if there, there's people like them and if there's any kind of need for them. And then we realized people really do, do love them, you know? The foreigners kind of love them because they get a, some, a taste of what they can only get back home. And then Koreans, actually, the, the biggest surprise is we thought we were doing it for foreigners only. But half our audiences have always been Koreans, and they want to see something in English, an English-language cultural experience. Sure. So, yeah, so we've this is our sixth production. And definitely, we'd like to do more. You only do so, one a year? Um, s- since 2012, we've sometimes done one a year, sometimes we've done two a year. Oh, that one. Um, because we've based it on, um, you know, I mean, we need the actors and yeah. the people, the support system. And what happens in Korea sometimes is that actors leave after one or two or three years. And so, you know, uh, af- you know, you might just suddenly find that there's there's not enough people to work on a show. Yeah. So so we've basically been lucky enough to never have a year where we haven't done something, but we've always done one or two. So I mean, hopefully, um, hopefully we'll do something in the fall. You yeah. know. So how could somebody, if they wanted to 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 act in one of your plays, how can they get in contact with you? Well, we have a Facebook page. Um, it's called Shangwan Community Theater on Facebook, and all they have to do is get on that page and post, uh, send me a message or post, post their interest on that page, and I'll get back to them. Um, that's the best way, I think, for them to contact us. So for somebody that wanted to act, what, what would you say roughly is a, a weekly commitment? How many hours? Mm, it depends on no. the show and their part, but yeah. at least four to Eight, on yeah. the weekends. Yeah. Four to eight hours on the weekend. Yeah. And then, you know, time memorizing and, and preparing on their own stuff. Right. Yes. Exactly. And for for six weeks? So um, eight, eight weeks? We found that it needs to be uh, 12 weeks, including the production. So it's a three-month commitment, minimum. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. At least 12 weeks. Hmm. So what was the uh, date again of Wegook and... Yeah. Wegook and Wonderland. Yes. Performs... <laughs> Yeah. Saturday, June 11th. June, June 11th? Yeah. That's only yeah. two June weeks 11th, away. two weeks from now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, we're doing two shows, even though it's a one day only. It's not a one night only. We're doing 3 p.m. and, and 8 p.m. Yes. 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. Yes. And the location again? It is Bongrim Theater in Chang- at Changwon University, Changwon Dehakyo. Okay. And how can somebody get tickets? Okay, well, if they're anywhere in uh, around this area, they need to go up to O'Brien's Bar, and we have tickets sold behind the bar, so they can just buy them here. Okay. Um, how, other, much, how much are they? Oh, they're ten thousand won for uh, adults and five thousand won with a student ID. Current student, student ID. Yeah. Don't bring me your nineteen eighty <laughs> graduation. Yes. That's something. Yeah, that's something Bushy would do, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Man, we're throwing shade at Bushy. I've never even met him. Oh, he's. He, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's a really great <laughs> guy. <laughs> and, uh, of course, they can also just go on Changwon Community Theater. We have an event event page, uh, Weigook in Wonderland, and they can just leave their ticket reservation on that page as well. Yeah. I'd like to thank you for dropping by. My pleasure. Thanks yeah. for having me. And Cynthia, too. Thanks yeah. for coming by. Yeah, of course. All right. All right. <laughs> so you are listening to the Changwon right now, and for the moment, we are out of here. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Changwana Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.